Hello and welcome to the Backwater Podcast Rebooted. My name is Pete David. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. And as ever, I am joined by my compadre, my good friend, James Nicholas Pennock. How art thou, sir? I'm all right. I'm feeling a bit bottom of the table, but you know. You are a bit bottom of the table. I'm a bit bottom of the table. I was going to bring that yeah. up, actually. Um, I thought I'd get it out ahead, ahead of there. I get it out ahead of you. The question, uh, basically, everyone wants to know is, how is our NFL Fantasy Football League going? And should we... I mean, you're bottom of the league, basically. I'm bottom of the league. It's, uh, the only way is up. I believe I am top of the league. <laughs> so that's, you know. And also, what I, I think we should it's worth mentioning... Uh, another question people are going to be asking, what is going on with our Philadelphia Eagles? Wentz is back, second game back, rolling a little bit. Jeffrey's back. Okay, some good things on Sunday against the Titans, but we lost to the Tennessee Titans. This, is, uh, this isn't uh, 2017, is it? It's not, it's not the team we were watching all last season. No. Weak O-line. Yeah. Defense getting hit in the secondary. Yeah, Mr. Mills, Jalen Mills, Mr. Mills, your got, he card got, he has got, been marked. He got, he got fingered by Doug. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. It's not that kind of pod. It's not that kind of pod, uh, n- <laughs> indeed. So that's the NFL chat. Anyway, I'm going to go over to our wonderful guests, and uh, you re- may remember Mr. Chris Delamere. Have I said that right again? Did I get it? Yeah, yeah, bang on. I got. I think I had trouble with it last time. But anyway, no, I think you got it right. Did I? Okay. Yeah, there was a Polish name that you had to say uh, as well. The that Polish you name was tough. That was. We won't, we won't remember that. He's not here, so who gives a shit? Thank God. <laughs> uh, you got yeah. an Italian name you've got to do yeah. next. I know. I know. <laughs> I did my research. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris Delamere, thank you for joining us. Um, uh, yeah, you may remember Chris from uh, uh, the last interview podcast that we did. Uh, shortly after the interview podcast died, the death knell. Um, <laughs> of the I mean, we couldn't top it. <laughs> we couldn't. We couldn't top it. Really, uh, we we covered everything. Uh, but yeah, you're with your bandmate here, Mario. Mario, give us your surname. D'Agostino. 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 And you're fully Italian. Oh no, I'm some half little, Italian. Uh, it's a little bit less than half, I think. Okay. Percentage wise, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it's a good name though, isn't it? Yeah, Do we call now I was thinking about this. Mm. So your band is Superview. That's right. But I said band. Is it fair to say duo? And what's the difference? Uh I guess I'd say band because I don't want to say duo. I w- I w- um I don't know, that sounds really Simon and Garfunkel-y kind of Sonny and Cher. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's not a problem. It's just a word that means two people. That yeah. shouldn't be a problem. I just That's think fine, we're yeah. It's easy to say. This sounds terrible. It's easy to market the idea of a band. I think, isn't it? Yeah, you go, we're a band. This is our brand. Nice. <laughs> you know I what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Whereas, like, oh, though. we're a songwriting partnership, which is what I would yeah. really describe. Well, it I think as. what you do is what what happens often is songwriting partnerships are marketed as solo artists, essentially. So, Gillian Welsh and David Rawlings are essentially a songwriting duo. They were marketed right. as Gillian Welsh, and they admitted that like it's just easier to market a, a solo artist rather than a duo. Mm. Name any good duos. What we got? Simon and Garfunkel, Sonny and Cher, uh, Gallagher and Lyle. <laughs> okay, from the seventies, some seventies soft rock. I like, I like the seventies soft rock reference. Um, oh, come on, there's got to be more. Uh, do you mean? Do you mean in terms of that the, is what they're called as the artist like as well? From duo, not just like Lennon and McCartney. You know, that's like Morrissey and Ma. 
no, no, as no, a no. songwriting partnership. No, but no, no, they're marketed as no. It's got to be a duo. Okay, that, that's who they are. Um, um, um. We got nothing. All right, no. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> come back to that's it. fine. Come Let's come back to, to that. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, so tell us about Super Review. What's the vibe? Go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Super Review is me and Mario. That's me. Uh, is this guy here? Yep. Uh, we write songs together. We write songs separately uh, about our lives, but also yeah. about kind of um, bizarre things uh, that may happen in boring, boringly familiar yeah. places like uh, supermarkets. Uh-huh. We like to uh, imagine, okay, yeah, I imagine feel like strange things in supermarkets. Yeah, making a kind of fantasy out of uh, those kind of everyday things. A fantasy out of the it. everyday. I love it's it. everyday observations taken to the absurd. Okay. Both yeah. in our real lives and sort of fictional songs that we write. Mm-hmm. So we've got a song about Flying Ant Day. Uh, do you know Flying Ant Day? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Where all the ants rise up. Take their nuptial. And it's like a few, flight. is it a few days? Two days? Um, it? Two. It's just one it's special day. <laughs> For the purposes of like yeah, saying I mean, our song yeah. to make yeah. sense, yeah. it's yeah. one. Go but with a day. Go with a day. That's right. Yeah. It's more of a. It's in here, you know. Poetic license. Yeah, yeah, yes. So yeah, yeah there's songs about uh, flying ant day. We imagine a, an old man coming out of the supermarket and um, being confronted with uh, flying ant day, and trying to deal with that. Uh, we have yeah. another song about a monk spy who's trying to find um, a rock, uh, an element called devoutium, uh, <laughs> which the Pope is trying to procure uh, so that he can create uh, an unthinking faith. In all of his flock, yeah. because that's what devoutium does to people. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, yeah, we also have some songs which are like, um, yeah, they're the kind of more far out fictional yeah, ones. Those are the they've got some more ones like have. "Baby, I Love You," yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that kind of vibe. We never did "Baby, I Love You." <laughs> "Baby, I Love You" because you are helping me convince the populace of the existence of God and thinkingly is one of us. <laughs> yeah. um, we have this, a few songs about like, uh, I feel like the things we write ourselves are less silly because. There were ones well, as, that individual. as individuals. Yeah, I yes. mean, yeah. so those two I referenced before, ones that we actually wrote together. Yeah. Okay. But uh, then we sort of bring things that we've written separately and be like, oh, this is a good, this mm. is something that we, we will both find funny and kind of is telling about both of us, I guess. I guess they're more quietly funny. Like yeah. uh, Mario wrote a song which is essentially a recipe for Baba Ganoush. <laughs> uh, but it's a really wonderful, heartwarming song about being thankful for friends and yeah stuff as well it was yeah. like mario is like mario's, mario's the true lyrical genius of the two of us i would say i don't and, um, think you should say that <laughs> <laughs> uh and i and i just i just saw what i had and decided to take it and from him like, <laughs> well yeah because we like um we were both big into like making songs in our bedrooms yeah. and we're like brought together by a mutual friend who was like you would like each other and yeah. then um so I guess the uh, if, if you want the true origin story, our primordial soup review. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Mario. That's really good. We're also like we're also each other's favorite audience. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my friend Francis, who I went to school with, Mario went to yeah, art college. Like, with? Yeah, he was like two years above me uh, at, at um, Chelsea when I was doing an art degree. And I started reviewing soups on Instagram um, <laughs> because that's the kind of thing I enjoyed doing. Uh, and Francis was like, 
uh, Mario, you should have a look at this guy who's reviewing soups on Instagram. I think you'll like it. And then we just kind of met through Instagram. I remember yeah. sending I remember sending you a photo of my face pointing at you in this photo and going, "Here, Mario, what are you all about?" <laughs> because <laughs> we hadn't met, but like no, we but knew each other. And I was like, "This guy, I know this guy's cool. I want to get." Yeah, to know there was this that guy. thing of like mutually just like doing that silent thing of like 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 that like yeah. that picture. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I pretty got, cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, and then, seems like uh, a cool guy. How did it go from there? Then um, we we went for a curry with Francis and we were oh sat yeah. down opposite ends of the table and I was like, it's the soup guy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked in a pub afterwards for ages. and oh, um, Riotously drunk. Yeah, I got really drunk. And then uh, then you came down for that pizza thing where you're doing pizza weekend and I was hosting the pizza party. Yeah, I mean, this might not be interesting. This is anybody at all. Run with it. Run with it. We've gone deep now. We might as well. Our previous project that we did together was uh, through the dispatches from the communal bathroom podcast, which I believe Pete has listened to before, and I've mentioned probably on this show before. Yep. Uh, We did a project. In fact, it was probably about that time when I was last on it. We did a project called Fifty Songs About Pizza. Yep. And Mm. uh, Mario came on board with uh, me and Sam, who ran that podcast. And that was our first like thing where we got in deep together on yeah. a project. That was crazy. Uh, and we did it. We wrote fifty songs about pizza. And then we and then it and then the opportunity came around. So I started doing a few shows and uh my friend Tom Thomas Lebioda, who was on here before, he was like, If you ever want to record something, let's let's talk about it. And I was like, Well, let's get Mario in and do a whole proper thing. So we yeah. did. And now we've kind of formalized it. Because I think mm. it was always a thing where I was definitely like, it would be really cool if we just like did loads of stuff <laughs> together. <laughs> and now it's really, now we've like decided on it, formalized it into a, yeah. a thing. Can I ask how you write together? I have never done that before. Oh. I'm fascinated by the process. We don't even process. have to ask how. Oh, yeah. You can listen to us doing it because we it's used to have a podcast called Songtime. Where we yeah. recorded, like literally the first steps we made as a songwriting partnership uh is recorded it's oh, just wow. all there you we've put it out we put it out recently really? the the mm. one where we wrote uh flying ante and it's actually really fun <laughs> that's the thing it, like i think us writing songs together is just us having fun yeah because yeah, it definitely just turns into like we had this thing that we called the madness ditch where it was like the point where a song just became like there was like the tipping point where either it's great or it's just like unintelligible. Like there were a few that just went too far into it. We had this song which was about <laughs> a couple who are like estranged from each other, an estranged husband and wife, uh, and one of them has an allotment and out of loneliness tries to grow a new partner out of a bulb of fennel, <laughs> and it just like it just kept going and going. And then by the end of the episode, we were just like, we don't know how to finish this. And uh, the, fi- the song was so bad. It was bad. Like, so, it was so wild. Bad. And we were trying to, I think we were trying to recapture our former glories in the kind of flying ant day uh, <laughs> thing. Like, And uh, the actual ending of the song was the, they have a menage a trois with the fennel person. There was a few good lines in it. The, the menage a trois with the fennel person and the couple <laughs> rekindled their love by eating the fennel person in the middle of this threesome. <laughs> yeah. And then there's and the for line... For some uh, reason, that song didn't get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a really good line that I feel like I want to mention again, which was uh, the final line of it was, there can be no authority to witness our confessing 
that we devoured every inch of you raw and without dressing. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's good. But like, <laughs> it, was no, it was nonsense. Like, Yeah, no, it was pure, pure nonsense, that one. But yeah, the, a few of them go just a little bit too over the edge. Okay, do and you rein each like other in, or are you, you know, what, what's the no. quality control there? Do you no. just, no. There's no reining in. Just other. egging each other Actually, on. Actually, I would West say it's me reining in Mario, if anything. I have uh, to do that sometimes. Do you not think? Yeah, yeah. Mario's, Mario is an incredibly literate man. Uh huh. He gets distracted <laughs> very easily. <laughs> and he'll go, it's like that film that you've never heard of and the song that's in it. And I go, Mario, I can't, I don't know how that's going to help right now. I don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I think, it, I think chiefly we did it off curiosity and fun. Yeah, it was, it's really fun writing together. I think really? we have like a really good time of it. And I would say we've not done it nearly en- enough. Mm. No, I think it's... We do an awful lot. I think it would be nice to do it not on a podcast as well, like, because there was, like, a certain <laughs> pressure to that, which was productive in some ways, but also there was a thing of, like, well, we have to do an episode, we just have to finish this, and we there were a few crap ones. It's but, like Neil you know. Young uh, in his later years. <laughs> um, Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this... Uh, hear me out. Uh, Neil Young couldn't... It, Always wrote his song stoned. Right. Always. Like he would get blazed before it. And he, he, he had like a thing about he just wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. And he, he thought it was his muse. And then like literally two or three years ago, he was like, oh, I should probably stop that and see if I can still do it not stoned. Which to me is mad. <laughs> yeah. Like how, how could you have gone all that time and not do But that's what he said. And I was thinking... Because we've never done a, a writing session which wasn't recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the magic? And the pressure yeah. of it yeah. is kind is kind of part of yeah, yeah. Because you have to be reasonable about a length of a podcast, and you're like, if this isn't done within an hour, <laughs> then we, we can, can't subject yeah. people to this. Maybe we can do some like thing of like having some microphones there and a timer and being like pretending we're on a podcast. But it's kind of giving yourself. I, li- I like the thing of like giving yourself parameters and giving yourself a. Ch- I used to do like songwriting challenges. All right, see how many songs yeah, I can yeah, write yeah. in ten minutes, or you know, just it, it, it does force some kind of structure around it, which means you actually do something and yeah, you're productive. Yeah. You know, to be fair, each one of those episodes started with a prompt like that. Yeah. So the, the song about precious about metal, him, wasn't it? Yeah, precious yeah. metal. Um, or um, it was a song for a holiday that wasn't. Song uh, for a holiday recognized, one, yeah. which we're playing it. And there was w- another one where it's like a song that is a full, every single lyric is a joke. Oh, yeah, that was not good. And it was <laughs> terrible, terrible. Song. I just had, a, I just thought something. I've just been, I've been listening to a lot of, I've been getting really into Limmy. You know, Limmy, the oh comedian. Yeah, I love Limmy. Yeah. Limmy's amazing. He's incredible. I think he's fantastic. Um, and he does, I've just discovered these, uh, the, the live, um, uh, uh, the kind of live streaming YouTube things he does where he, I mean, he does, he does video game stuff, but also he'll mm. like have like a, a challenge or something like, or like people say, or oh, do a, do a sketch about this or whatever. Do a songwriting one. Oh, dude, like a live streaming. A live streaming, 
But I mean, the only issue with that is, and no disrespect, but Lemmy's got quite a big audience, so I think you can yeah, actually yeah, tap yeah. into that. <laughs> um, need to, like, wait until maybe wait until you're as big yeah, as no Lemmy. Disrespect, but you don't have the <laughs> same number of followers. I think. As I don't think that's if you were offended, <laughs> if you were offended by that, I would have thought your ego was out of control. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I did just con- <laughs> compare our songwriting duo to uh, Neil Young. So yeah, that, that is true. Neil Young that's and true. marijuana. That's a duo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah Lemmy he's brilliant isn't he yeah he's really good he's I fantastic. love those, those um, that definitely like the tone of some of those sketches on his sketch show is like something that I think about a lot especially uh, Didi the guy who's just really stoned all the yeah. time I just love the Didi's like great. melancholy of it and just how horrible and sad but like the weird sweet moments of like when he like convinces himself he's building a spaceship in his living room and it's yeah. like oh this is so magical and sad and weird and yeah <laughs> it's good it's good um excellent how you doing over there i'm good good um super duper well any gigs that's the big question yes please we played a, a gig at our friend's wedding which was really nice because okay. it was like uh are you putting yourself out there? You well, send emails. This, is, you, th- um, this is it. Yeah, because I don't yeah, yeah, live yeah. in Sheffield yet. I live in Weymouth at the moment. But oh, I'm right. moving here. Like this, that was part of coming up um, this week was like to find a uh, place to live. Because, yeah, I've been living in Weymouth and working in my family's restaurant, which is like been good in some ways. But also, uh, Weymouth, there's not really much going on there. And I don't really have any friends there. So it's like... Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's been driving me kind of insane it's also a seaside tory brexit hell. oh my god <laughs> yeah do you want to see my impression of a seaside tory it's, please where, do, you go, please it's do. where you go like oh this is like i was I, I would say i will go there's some kids smoking weed in the beach hut and it stinks it's like the smell is all over the seafront and then someone will go well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what it smells like. I never smoked it. I never smoked it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it smells like. And it's like, but it's out there. Just go out there and smell yeah, it. You, like you the smell air it, is, you'll know it. The air is thick with the rich must of it. Like you cannot not smell it. Like it's in here. It's in my nose. It's really distinct. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know. No, 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 no. And it's like, oh come on, chill out. They also tend to say when you're working forty to fifty hours a week. Oh yeah, there's a the thing of being like, because I live at the restaurant too. Which is a whole other thing. <laughs> like, I'll like go down for a cup of coffee and uh, at like half past nine, uh, after having done like a crazy fifty-hour week, and it'd be like, "Oh, they've given you a day off, then? Oh, you just got out of bed, have you?" And it's like, "Oh, just let me fucking <laughs> just let me have like one moment of re- rest." Like, yeah, everyone has a crazy. So he's thing. getting out of that situation. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's not the only <laughs> reason I'm coming here. I, this will also be a very good thing that I'm very excited about doing. So I was like. This is like an obvious thing that I should definitely do. This is going to be great. So I'm really yeah. excited to to come here. But yeah, we'd we'd be up for doing gigs as as a acoustic songwriter duo. Duo. Uh, which I guess we'll have to arrange some of our songs yeah. for a duo. <sighs> yep. But yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're up for doing anything. I'm, I've done lots of bits at things that like. I've always ended up doing stuff at like variety or cabaret shows mm. because a pizza song sort of feel uh, fall into a kind of weird uh, sort of middle ground between comedy and music, which I think is what a whole yeah, album yeah, it's, it's falls funny. into. So um, that's the kind of things that we I have played at before. Mm. Uh, but 
happy to do anything, people of the internet uh, who yeah, are listening you, right now. You want to give these two guys <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some microphones and stuff? Like that would be really good. All right. You heard him. You heard him, people. That was the most tepid request for gigs ever. I'm sorry. You heard him. Give him a gig. Come on. Please. We want to be Sen- sort of busy. Sort of. <laughs> I don't want to be tired, but I want to be busy. <laughs> All righty. Lovely stuff. Well, that was very nice. Soup review. Check them out. Check out the podcasts. Oh, we've never said any details about our album. Our oh, yeah. album is called uh, From the Bed to the Seti brackets and back again and close brackets and can i just say that if you think that um that is too long a title you're wrong it's fine <laughs> it's a perfectly good length for a title someone told us yesterday it's too long that was the first thing they said it was like like long. we'd never met this like, person before well, and they went too long <laughs> okay whatever i was in the music industry and i had 118 hits in the 1980s fine, though, i don't know who it? this person was anyway it's called from the bed to the seti and back again and it's out mid-November, we think. Yeah. We've Why got do you think that? Odd, uh, sorry, go on. Go on. on. I was just going to say, we've got a test pressing coming, and we're very excited. That is yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Lovely. Who yeah. who you who you sent it to? Who, who's producing? Uh, who's some French company. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, but um, Tommy, like, produced the album. Oh, Thomas Lebioda. Tom, to- uh, right, okay. Tommy who who has right, been okay. on here before with me when I was on here before. He produced it and, and appears on it. <laughs> and what? I love the idea. It was like, who produced it? I know some French guy. <laughs> you meant who produced the test I, I press? Didn't, I you, didn't. Didn't mean, you meant I the physical actually, artifact. Didn't I really did actually mean that. I, I knew what him. you meant because I know what kind of nerd he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to like get on your balls about it. I just like don't get on my balls. <laughs> I thought it was funny that it sounded to me like some you, French guy we didn't know. Bus, not on my balls. I know. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I'm don't stop busting my balls. Get on my bus, not my balls. I know what's happening anymore, but I'm sorry. Okay, good. We can finish this bit now. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. It's been lovely. At Superview on Twitter, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. At don't, don't Google us because it's impossible to find us. Oh, my God. That is not good. Oh, uh, SEO is That is not for the SEO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not good. Not good. What's with the tradition of brackets in song titles? How long, that, how long has that been going on for? I don't know, but it's that's like since the sixties. No, I reckon fifties. I would say fifties. Yeah. Uh, think, um, now and then, there's a fool such as I, which is um, an Elvis song. I could never remember where the brackets yeah. go because the brackets could go anywhere. But what? I mean, <laughs> what, but why? Now and then, brackets. There's a <laughs> fool such as I. Fool such as I. I think is the now and then. There's a fool. Brackets such as I. And Elvis went on to be the most famous man on the world and die on the toilet. And that was a very long title. So <laughs> and our my ultimate guess, aim is to die in the toilet together. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Why? Get rid of the brackets. Oh. I, mean, I don't mean for your album. Oh, but, no. It but is gen- like, but what a it weird is totally tra- insane, isn't it's it? Odd. It's, like, it's really odd. I it's like it as though. if they're trying to say, it's, the title's not really that long. You know, it's got yeah, bra- it's it's brackets. Like That's a separate section. The brackets are like an optional bit of the title that you don't have to say if you don't want to. It's apologising. It's apologising. Yeah, it's apologising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's apologising for the length of the title. I isn't definitely it? think it's ridiculous and funny, but that is definitely. I think we're. I like it. It's a fun quirk it. of pop music. We're big into yeah. we're big into songwriting traditions, and we, we I think we were happy to tip our hat to a meaningless songwriting tradition <laughs> yeah. which no one has ever been able to get their head the, around the but parentheses like, oh I'd love to just put a little two, two pillars there. of uh, holding yeah. up song titles yeah you can have a hidden track in there as well 
you know, what other traditions are you going to stick to? Uh, oh, we didn't oh, have we a hit I mean, I mean, that's a bit 90s, isn't it? It's a bit 90s. We, have we didn't we do end any backwards on a, end on on a kind We've of got a short comedy short song. Yeah. But it isn't hidden. We make it clear that it's um, on there. Okay. And the <laughs> sides are arranged to be like the settee side and the bed side. So the songs kind of fit like uh, a settee and a bed. Also, retrospectively, we realized that from the bed to the settee and back again means that people will just listen to the album endlessly because of the yeah. sides. <laughs> The yeah. sides so of the, the bed wrong way to setty, flip it again. Bed setty, uh, bed setty. So it's uh, like an. A you don't have to do that. As well as a, a yeah, they'll just, yeah. they'll just get tricked into doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, reading yeah. the album title. Mm. Perfect. Best best hidden track. Jeez. <sighs> that Nirvana one was quite good. Oh, the end bit, of never bit, uh, uh, endless, meaningless. What was it called? <laughs> Isn't that the end? Is uh, it at in the Utero? end of Nevermind? Is that at the end of Nevermind? Nevermind? Yeah, yeah. It's like noisy, yeah, yeah, yeah endless yeah. or something. Is the one in I- in Utero? I've made no, that up. I've made I don't think up. so. It's uh, it's kind of a CD thing, isn't it? The, the hidden yeah, track. yeah. You can't redo really it now, can you? Uh, you could do. Oh, I think Kings of Leon did one on their first album, which was very good. I always remember getting CDs and making them into MP3 and then being like, the last track on this album is like 20 minutes long. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like a departure for they like had the water, but, uh, They had to be like, oh, let's leave it like, yeah, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Leave it a couple of minutes. 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on. What's with that? That's crazy. It is funny, though. It is funny. I love it. But it's like people always constantly trying to play with how to market things and stuff, isn't it? That's, it's all part of the same thing, I think. Yeah. 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 Stone Rose's second coming right at the end of that. Oh, do they have one in there? Put the mic on. Oh, that's a turgid album, that, isn't it? <laughs> that is turgid. <laughs> that is turgid, that. Turgid. That was a turgid record. It was, though, wasn't it? I mean, God, a it was stodgy. Record. It was stodgy. He's a turgid guy, though. The it was thick. It was thick yeah. with like riff, porridge. wasn't it? Yeah, it was Led Zeppelin, wasn't it? Oh, it, was, oh, it was cocaine and Led Zeppelin. That's all it was. But uh, a couple of good tunes on it. It's quite good. All right. So now we're going to do a little section called new news, news stories. What's happening in music news? Uh, and one of the big stories of the last couple of weeks, the Mercury Music Prize, the prize given out to the best album of the year, unquestionably. And uh, this year it went to Alice Wolf, Visions of a Life. I thought, I've never really listened to Alice Wolf, and I downloaded the album, because it's not on Spotify, downloaded the album, paid... Paid good money for it. And it's very good, actually. It's kind of a nice kind of uh, dream poppy, shoegazy type thing. Uh, a bit of a more of an upbeat kind of... Uh, eh, what was it? Beach house? No, not really beach house. They're a bit more upbeat than them. But that kind of thing. Uh, always. A bit always. Like a British always, basically. Um, very good. Uh, now, I want to ask you, or who, was your fa- who has been your favourite... Winner of the Mercury Music Prize. <laughs> Favorite winner. Oh, M people. M people, you got mine. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. Well, well should I go up Wikipedia page Did for it? Mercury Music Prize? Should I give you the winner? Should I give you some winners? Yeah, Didn't please. Um, All right. Robert Wyatt win it one time. Who? Robert Wyatt. Didn't, is that something else? Though? We were talking about that last yeah, night. Yeah, Could we? be. All right. Ninety-two. Scream Adelica. Primal Scream. Night three suede first suede album. So this goes ninety two to present. M people ninety four. Porter said ninety five. Very good. Ninety six. Oh, Supergrass. No, no. Good, good, good guess. They weren't nominated. <laughs> good guess, but they weren't nominated. <laughs> 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 Shit guess actually. 
Pulp, pulp different pulp. class. No. Yeah, 97. Uh, Radiohead were winning everything, but they didn't win the Mercury Music Prize. Did they not? Because that was Ronnie Size. Um, <laughs> Gomez, 98. Gomez, that first Gomez album. Bring yeah, it on. Yeah. I enjoyed that album. I mean, there are some better albums. Mind you, this is when it starts to get a bit... The, the late 90s, really, <sighs> weren't the best, were they? Talvin Singh, 99. Badly Drawn Boy, 2000. PJ Harvey, Stories from the Sea, Stories from the Sea. That was a great album. That's got to be... Actually, that's one of the better ones there, isn't it? PJ Harvey. Do you like that record? Yeah, but I've pulled his head for me. Pulled his head? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Dummy. It was superb. That's um, the only album on there where I was like, oh yeah, that was a good album. I remember that. Yeah. That was a goodie. Miss Dynamite, uh, Dizzy Rascal, Franz Ferdinand, Anthony and the Johnsons. Remember that? I only forgot about that record. That was a good record. Arctic Monkeys, their first album, Claxons. Fucking hell. They were scraping a barrel there, weren't they? Jesus Christ. They had Amy Winehouse on there. Plenty of what were they playing at? Uh, And Jamie T. That record was quite good. 2008, Elbow. 2009, Speech de Bell. Yeah, I remember that. I remember her winning that. I don't know that. I don't even know. She's a rapper. Or was was she spoken word? Speech Therapy is the name of the album. Oh, maybe that's what I've remembered. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, maybe right. I think it was something like that. It was like... Spoken um, Word Vibe. Oh, God, what's she called? The, like, very famous uh, sort of spoken word oh, artist. Oh, uh, Kate Tempest. Yeah. Oh, right. I think, I assume, in uh, speaking in very broad strokes, I think it's uh, along those kind of oh, lines, lines, that kind of performance. Uh, the XX, 2010, PJ Harvey again. Fucking hell. Someone else to try. It was that year then. Elbow, Anna Calvi. Anna Calvi. Could have won it. Alt-J, James Blake. Oh, James Blake. James Blake. Oh, oh. Like yeah, all the had, yeah. piano ballads, but with lots of trippy okay. Okay, bending okay. of it. I really found that song that was like, the line in it that we went over and over was, there's a limit to your love. I was like, I hate this. And a friend of mine was like, do you want to go and see James Blake? And I was like, I don't know who that is. I'll go. And I remember being there and being like, this is okay, I guess. And he started playing that. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, it's that dude. I hate it. I looked at the list like you've just read out now. Yeah. The other day, I was struck by how very... Each one is very of its time. Yeah. Mm. If you look back and said, like, the Claxons, was Claxons 2007? So I couldn't imagine a better year for them. It was 2007. Good, good vintage. Because that's, that was that stupid year when my first year at university, New Rave, was, yeah. was this bullshit. That's the year I remember Emperor's them. Clothes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, w- I went <laughs> to um, <laughs> I went to fucking what was it called the Benica Seam that year, and it was Claxons, and everyone was like all into that shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, also at the same time, a lot of things that kind of they mar- marked exactly the time, but I wouldn't listen to now. Well, I think mm. like Ronnie Size, even though that was seen as like you know there were lots of oh fucking all the Spice Girls were nominated that year. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Robbed. What's going on? Uh, Beth Orton. I mean, it, the, to be fair, they give a they, well, fairly decent mix, don't they? They usually have like, you know, they'll have a folky record in there. Um, but Ronnie Size, I mean, drum and bass, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. That was you know, massive attack. It was, it was huge. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Those um, 
uh, Asian Dub Foundation. Oh, that was I remember them as well. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. They do kind of, and then so we got Skepta in twenty sixteen. Sampha. Now, now this is where I start to look at the like lists and realize. Drop off and just go, who's this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, bad, yeah. in it. It's bad. It's getting to twenty seventeen. I'm like, ah, who are you? And Who's then the guy we'll Patrick Clementine, something like that. Is he one of the, oh, Benjamin Clementine? Yeah, yeah, I missed that one. That's Benjamin Clements, his, yeah. Clementine, twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah, it's good. What do we think? What do we think of uh, uh, giving out music prizes by a panel of experts? Does it mean anything? No, mm. it well, doesn't. I, does it? Well, I th- what, what's interesting with the Mercury Music Prize? It's kind of has built to be something. It has built to mean something, I think, because it's now got a decent history. It's got like a you know, eight, 16 year history or whatever it is. And it's become a prize that, I mean, they get 25 grand. That, that's pretty good. To be fair, Wolf Alice seemed to have drunk it the whole, yeah. uh, by the <laughs> end of the night. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> um, but it, I, I think if something keeps, I think, I think people are maybe a little tired of public votes mm. because they, you know, a public vote is just, you know, it's just a popularity contest. Yeah, look at Brexit. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's definitely. Not, it's not. It's all you get is Brexit and X Factor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Votes. That's it. So I don't know. It, it, it's it's <laughs> certainly become it's certainly become prestigious to some degree, and some of the artists seem to care about it. I think. Yeah, some of them really do, don't they? Yeah, they like they actually feel honoured. Yeah, I, I guess you would. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so someone's giving you a prize, saying but your it album's is good. at the same time arbitrary. Mm. It's, it's just a group of like how many people who are the people i think how many how people? do the gallagher's keep getting back on that list of nominations yes how no. does uh what was it no gallagher's high flying who built the moon turds yeah he's on fire <laughs> um yes yeah no gallagher that i mean that's but i don't know i don't know it's a thing isn't it it's kind of yeah, one of those weird institutions uh, I don't. I always find it funny because there are so many ways of like creating your like bubble of what music you hear or get recommended to you. Like I feel like there are so many good ways to ignore big prizes like that. Like not intentionally, but I was really struck by looking at the list and being like, I've listened to some new music this year. I wonder if anything's on it. And was like, oh no, I guess I've just like, I guess when you're on like Twitter or something, you start. That internet thing of like being led into a specific like group of musicians or cultural things, I think that happens. That well, that's happened to me anyway. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I re- I I read the list and was like, I actually read the list and go, oh, they must know what they're talking about because I don't know what any of these <laughs> things yeah. are. Yeah, because then yeah. you you assume that not knowing things means that they know something really. Yeah. they're like really in deep and like. Who is who is everything is recorded? They must be good because mm. they're, the they're on the list. Yeah, yeah. And I was struck everything. by yeah. everything. Everything was on the list. I used to love that band. Mm. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I listened to the first couple of tracks of the album. Wasn't that bothered? I know you two were really scathing about the. Were you scathing about the Arctic Monkeys one? Who was? Oh you yes. Two, you two. I, oh I, no, I I I like I like that record. That would, that would be me. No. I thought it was dog shit. Do, he hates the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Have like, you always hated them? I've yeah. never listened to them. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see the point. It's so derivative. It's this is what I'm talking but about. But you know. <laughs> no, yeah. but I, I. It was okay. It was okay. I wasn't that bothered about it either. I. Um. Oh fuck. Mm. 
Yeah, so that uh, that album was on actually. Arctic Monkeys, Florence and the Machine, Lily Allen, Noel Gallagher. Florence um, and the Machine is a funny one because, like, I don't know. Again, this is, I guess, the the whole bubble thing. But I kind of thought she kind of disappeared. She happened already. Yeah, I thought she yeah. like. Had, I know this sounds really like condemning in that, but that was like the first album. She's not hot anymore. It, and then the second one came out, and nobody seems to give a toss about it. And I was like. Oh, I guess uh, her kind of her star has fallen or whatever. Like, well, maybe that's it. Like, maybe that's his the, the spotlight's gone off enough that she can concentrate, and she's made a really good record. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, I think there are a lot of these bands who just um, kind of do their own thing. I, I mean, like there is. There, I, I always think of um, British Sea Power, one of those yeah. bands who've got this culty little yeah. following. Just do their, just get on and do their own thing, don't they? They know they've got a fan base of a certain size, mm. which is fairly small, but manageable, which keeps them going. Mm. And they just do their own thing. No one really bothers them. You know, <laughs> no one yeah. bothers. They just get on with it. No one really bothers them. They don't win prizes. They don't have hits. They don't, you know, they don't bother anyone really. And, and I just think that is the ultimate. And you see loads of American bands who do that, who, who, who have this. Yeah, co- yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like bands like Grand, oh, Granddaddy, relatively big, I suppose, weren't they? But those kind of culty mid-level bands who just did their own thing, got on with it, didn't win any prizes, and just yeah, yeah, that's the ideal, isn't it? That's kind of the dream. That is it? the dream, yeah, yeah. not like, being noticed, yeah. like and being able to do your own thing and get paid if for. If you it. can ever say you've got a cult following, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, band like Melvins yeah. inspired like a whole scene in Seattle, but they've never hit commercial success, but they don't need to. Yeah, mm. yeah, because they sell out wherever they play. I think that I mean going back onto the prize thing. I suppose it, it it taps into that, and what you were saying was essentially what you know. Who gives a shit? What like, who, who are these people? Who 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 are they to decide who who is who is lauded? And it's and it's. I mean, in terms of reviews and things like that, Pitchfork are like that, aren't they? In in the in the sense that they're and like irritatingly kind of smug and like they are the arbiters of taste, and they know they have this huge power over like a, you know people who consume music, and. But then you find yourself, you still look at it, or I do, you know. What I mean? I, 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 and they really, def- you know, you know how like a review can really it, it sets in your mind yeah, yeah. what 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 the record's going to be like. You know, you, you read this review and you've already got these words swirling around your head while you're listening to it, and it's corrupting, you know, your ability to discern yeah. how, what you really think of an album. Mm. There's an album we'll talk about later. Yeah, where if you read the review, yeah. It, yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. That's I get very sure. frustrated with reading, um, like, um, I read Mojo because I'm an old man, uh, and uh, I don't. I'm not sure that their album selection of what they review is great. I think it's probably skewed towards old man things. Uh, but I read loads of things. And you go, this is a hybrid between uh, reggae and Morris dancing. And <laughs> fucking hell, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you put it on, it's like, ah, oh, it's not as Good. I don't know, yeah. It's just an indie, ro- an indie yeah. rock band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like uh, there's uh, touches of Fella Cootie and uh, Ewan McCall in the same thing. You know, like, fucking hell, that is bonkers. That record. What's going on? And you listen to it, and it's just like it's just a bloke singing a song. Mm. <laughs> like I'm always let down by the. the I know. I always. I'm, I, I, just, I love some of the descriptions. Are like you know, an atmospheric, glitchy, takes you through a soundscape, and I'm always, I always like. Not that we write anything that's soundscapey or stuff, yeah. yeah. But I like um, 
I like, you know, like old records where it's got like a man giving you a narration. There's this Timothy Leary record about dreams in LSD, and he, it's just him, and there's all these soundscapes of people screaming and stuff. <laughs> it's a real trip. Uh, <laughs> And I'm always like, oh, I want to find something like that. And there's always things described like that in Mojo. Yeah. And I yeah. read it and it's like, it's just kind of like another washy, glitchy kind of, oh, I wanted something transcendental. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you transcendent me? My favorite review thing recently was reading reviews of um, the Rich Dawson album, Peasant, because uh. it was all just like, who would have thought that a Geordie with a nylon string guitar singing songs about 7th century Northumbria would be good? And I was like, me! <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as I heard what it was, I was like, oh man, this is going to be such a treat. I totally trust Richard Dawson to do this really well. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. great, but all the reviews were just like, Oh, is it just naff? And is it like a like derivative prog record? And it's like no, it was really, really good. Yeah, this is Richard Dawson being a badass, basically. Yeah, it was yeah. excellent, He's amazing. He's incredible. Saw him at End of the Road, and he was he was a real highlight. It was oh, fucking yeah. brilliant and very funny. Oh. And yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, so very funny. entertaining. I tried to book him once actually for the Lamplight. And I got in touch with the promoter. I said, we got this much money. He's like, I oh, know he won't get out of bed for whatever. Which is, I'm not slagging him off for that. He's That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he says he was very, I think he's very picky about what he does, which is totally, totally fine. Mm. Uh, but he was fantastic, yeah. Outstanding. Uh, we could, I, mean, I think me and Mara could talk about Richard yeah. Dawson for a very Dawson, long time. Richard Dawson fancast. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Um, it does remind me that <laughs> you were talking about the uh, whole expectations of albums after reading the reviews. Mm. I remember we were, like when the Zootons brought out their first few singles. They were like really, really good singles. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And I remember my mate saying, "It's like I hope they don't just like bring out an album with songs on it." <laughs> I was like, "What do you want it to be? Some kind of sound collage or something?" It's like, <laughs> it's like it's going to be an album just with songs on it. Just that's what your expectation. He, what did you hear from the great early singles? I, it was I, like, I, don't, I don't want more of that. I want something different. <laughs> No, really. You just, uh, you know, you build an album up sometimes. And if you follow a band from the start, the first few singles, you get excited about what it could be. Mm. And I don't know what he thought it could be. But it was, I mean. He, he just wanted them album. to have a bit of ambition. Yes, yeah. Come on. Move on. Um, right. Any other any other news stories? Any oh, other exciting? We have oh, some music news I stories. Had a really, you know, um, <laughs> this. <laughs> This is something that I, ke- I said to Chris and Jade, thinking that they would get it straight away. Jade is my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, and the, they would be like, isn't that crazy? You know the Kanye West thing where he's now said that he's called Ye? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yay. Is it Ye? Oh, okay. I read Yay. it as Ye. And then in my head, I had like a YouTube flashback of what I thought was like a ubiquitous YouTube meme of that video where there's two cutting dinosaurs. And one of them goes like, and it cuts to the other one and he just goes yee and i was like it's that he's doing that and i was like i'll look at the reply someone will have put it and a few people have put it and i was like he's ruined himself uh pete and james do you get that reference no. Have you heard that before? No. This, this you, just str- you struck out four times now, Mario. Looking, <laughs> looking for someone to get this joke. Okay, all right. I mean, it's popular on joke. that corner of the internet. That yeah, I know. This is the thing again. Like, I've got like a made my own little ye world where dinosaurs saying ye is like a ubiquitously <laughs> recognized <laughs> joke and hilarious. I you was had never a, not watching this. Yeah. You had another uh, tidbit of about <laughs> a. Um, uh, sort of early noughties pop star. Yeah, there was. Um, this isn't 
the funny part. But this you know, funny part. Chico from X Factor was in the news recently because he a had a stroke. Yeah. yeah. Ah. And someone I follow on Twitter had posted um, someone they had seen a headline uh, which said. Was Which was Chico, a quote from Chico? A quote from Chico saying, I literally thought it's Chico's time. <laughs> Which, two things about that that I really liked was, Chico is like completely cheerful in the face of death. Like I thought that was like genuinely beautiful that he was like, hey, I, I could, this could have been life-changing or fatal. But also, here's a joke about the novelty <laughs> pop single I released. But also, it kind of ruins Probably that a bit song. of spike, bit of a spike there, wasn't it, in sales? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you think be. about, if you like go back to that song and think, what if Chico Time is literally, he's singing about the moment of Chico's death. Yeah. yeah. That I love that. makes that song yeah. a It also bit, conjured a for me a, li- a little image of maybe like, like the uh, sort of the end scene of a TV show and you pan across and Chico's in his hospital bed and uh, things are beeping and whirring away and... Maybe he's got a bandage on. He had a stroke, but he's got bandages all over his head he's or something. His leg up in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Both legs up in stirrups, and um, and then you just see like his eyebrows raise, and he goes, "You just know the guys are gonna love this." <laughs> I thought it was Chico's time. Like you can just, Im- I can imagine him being in hospital and really struggling with having had a stroke, but also going. I've got a great line for I'm this. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I have got the line. Yeah. They are going to love this. And we did. We all loved it. We, we loved yeah, it, Chico. Fair, we loved it. That it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, yeah. All day long. Oh. All right. Well, that was the news. Lovely stuff. Um, are there like fun little idents between all these? <laughs> the I, do you want to create some for me? <laughs> right now? Yeah, go on. The news one. Music news. There you go. That is beautiful. All right, we're going to use that. We'll cut that. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> that's just editing for you to do later. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, I might just not bother. Um, so now cool. we're going to take a look at. Um, we've each got an album. Hopefully, we've all brought an album that we a r- fairly recent album that we've been enjoying. And uh, James, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Well, we you've picked the same one, haven't you? We found that we 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 listened to a similar similar album. Yeah, the same album. The same album. It's, it's similar. similar. It's same. <laughs> it's it sounds so similar. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. Idols. Idols. Um, Who I didn't go see at End of the Road. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. Shame played as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, very good. They were. Yeah, both yeah. played recently here in Sheffield. Have you No. Yes. Uh, possibly. In Yorkshire. Uh, Yorkshire. I've been at Brudenell. Yeah. Brudenell. Probably yeah. at Brudenell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then your album. And I always forget the title. Joy, Joy as, as an, an act, act of, of resistance. resistance. Yeah, yeah. It, so I started listening to them. The last album, um, listen to that. I'm quite into hardcore. Quite into punk. Sound like a reasonable British punk band. Probably more in the tradition of sort of 1970s British punk than than US punk. And you know. A, a level of wit that you probably don't get with US Oasis. bands of the same kind of genre and, and Oasis. <laughs> um, they've got a great song, Stendhal Syndrome, which is fantastic. Which a, a, a mate of mine is an artist introduced me to them, but largely because he was like, what the fuck are they on about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. what I do. How dare they sing about what I do? Um, <laughs> but actually, this is very, very different. And this is when we're talking earlier about um, how reviews can change your impression of an album. Because I listened to it 
and thought, oh, fucking hell, this is a bit different to what they did the last time. I know it's not the the kind of the the, the, the humor's there, but it's really focused, and the yeah. music's actually you know it's uh, it's brutalism. It's, yeah, that was the first album. Yeah. yeah, and it's really the mu- the music's kind of very. They've clearly played this a lot, you know. It's a, it's something that they've recorded that's been in that's, that that that's been around for a while. Um, you know, they've not just sort of written it and rushed straight off to the studio. But I read Pitchfork, and there's some back. There's the, the, if you read, we had this before, right? Yeah. People write album reviews because they find the story now. It's all about you know. As a reviewer, I need to find a story and I need to make it about me. And so most of the British music press will talk to you about, we'll, we'll talk about the backdrop, about Brexit, Britain, but then also about the um, the lead singer having lost his mother and also having a stillborn child yeah. during this period and how you can see that in some of the songs. Pitchfork, not so much. Uh, what they decide to focus on is um, they find some of the lyrics corny. Um, it's not great art. They don't like a lyric about... Um, this snowflakes an avalanche. It's like, well, you could have done better. And they also they don't really find the misery really. They, the the misery is not really there. You know, they they, they 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 I think they reflect on sort of other albums where people have lost people dear to them who just do a better job in <laughs> capturing you know the pain and the screams and the agony and 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 you know wailing in the bathroom mirror at five a.m. Um, and if you re- if you read that, then obviously you know it's not intended. It's intended for sort of a U.S. Audience, I guess, the, uh, yeah. Pitchfork. Um, it misses, I think, a whole, a whole swathe of what this album is kind of about. Maybe mm. that, that's the point, right? It's not for a US so. audience. Oh, absolutely. At all. Not. I mean, there's stuff, there's stuff in there in the, the lyric content of the album where I'm like, I don't know what that is, and then I look it up, and so the the main song, oh, I thought it was like the lead single from the album, Danny Nadelko. Yeah. About their friend. That's just their, one of their friends in the Bristol punk scene, and that's the, he. Just, they named the song after him, and he's his name is the chorus. But it's also the whole thing is like a pro-immigration song, and it's like about it mentions like Mo Farah and Malala, um, and um, yeah. So uh, there was lo- loads of niche references in it, and absurdisms. And I was like, this is no way going to translate to a US audience. Just doesn't, does it? And, and they just missed the point. They missed yeah. the point entirely. It and the thing about, like, the thing about, like, that's not good enough. That's like a throwaway joke. And it's like the name of the album is Joy as an act of resistance. They mm. don't give a fucking shit. They're just having fun. They're making some points whilst doing it as well. It's genuine. I think it was a genuinely exciting album. I d- I'm not into punk in any way, but I found myself walking through the streets of Upperthorpe with this in my headphones. And actually, like, spontaneously headbanging. <laughs> <laughs> and going, yeah, yeah, this is really good. It is, I really enjoy it. It's uh, it's one of those albums that's kind of, it is, you're right, it's it's just worth a listen because it's kind of, it's, one of the, it's, it's not genre-defining in yeah. a way that isolates people who don't like that genre. It's, yeah, you know, right. it's... Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, really good fun. I would recommend a listen. Yeah. And uh, it is a bit, like, I can understand the Pitchfork thing from one angle like some of those are kind of like little bad jokes but we write a lot of bad jokes <laughs> oh, in our songs yes and like uh, and it's just kind of like they're just going with it they're, yeah, they they're are. going with it together and making a thing and yeah quoting that um ernest hemingway thing about 
I was like, oh, guys, you're cribbing that. Like, that's a niche thing to crib. It's really not. Everyone knows what that is. You don't... They niche the... They crib the... um For the, like, really sad song <laughs> about uh, the stillbirth, about baby shoes never worn. What is that? The the sh- So the shortest story the shortest you could write. Short it, story, Ernest Hemingway. Baby boots. Yeah, baby shoes. For sale. sale. Baby shoes never worn. Yeah. yeah. But you, you knocked two that. words off it. Huh? You knocked two words off it. Well, just call me. 33% shorter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, the, mm. the, there's bits like that where they're cribbing things where I'm going, oh no, that's that's not, I don't know. I sometimes think like things, if you're going to crib things, there should be things maybe other people don't know about. And yeah. like they have to go in and investigate and get into the bushes and go, oh, is that thing? That is a really, I find that a really satisfying proce- uh, process. I always find that there's a lot of like half man, half biscuit, make a lot of references where I'm like, I am not familiar with like Hungarian football from the 80s. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and like, I don't know. The idea that, you would that would be your thing and you would get it is way more exciting to me than the thing of me going like than me having to google it is annoying you know like i i'm always up for yeah, no, people just mentioning from something which is like they're deep into but you don't necessarily get it it reminds me yeah. of the thing momus wrote after david bowie died where he mm. said david bowie was like the internet before the internet because he had like this insane range of tastes that he put into his lyrics and into his mm. music, people would go yeah, and investigate yeah. them because he'd mentioned them, and like people would find out about kabuki theater and stuff, bullshit things that people <laughs> in nineteen <laughs> seventy suburbia would never have had access yeah. to. But David Bowie was a human internet, and I think that I think songs should serve as that kind of thing. I think bringing it back neatly idols do that very well <laughs> <laughs> oh that was good that was, really that was smooth thank you fantastic so idols and the album is called uh, joy is an act of resistance joy is an act of resistance didn't go see him any uh, last word on idols i just I think w- it's an important album for this year I, it, it, yeah. it's, it's gonna be up there i hate to say it's of its time is it of its time? It's of its time. Listen to Very it good. now before it goes stale. Yeah, listen to it. It sounds really good. I reckon they're probably really good live. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I'd know. I'd have hated to have missed them at a festival. Yeah, festival. imagine that. Mm-hmm. Who I should I go see instead? Would you say that they are your new idols? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, have you seen them live? I'm sure they're not low energy mm. or something. No. You know, idol. Oh, yeah. You know, I, because that's actually how it's spelt. How oh, is it? Oh, yeah. God damn! It's it's not, <laughs> that was a play on words. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it still works. It still okay. works. It's good. Actually, it's kind of better than. All right, we don't need to. We don't need to argue yeah. about which pun, <laughs> which bad pun, is better or worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, all right, so uh, I will talk. I'm going to talk about low, and then new album double negative, um, which is just fucking brilliant. Basically, it's um, so. This is. Lower from uh, Dulles, Minnesota. This is their 12th album. Known as a kind of... Uh, well, for, for a long time, I suppose. Probably not now. But known as this very quiet, slow band. Slow core, I think, was the uh, was, was the, the scene, as it were, in the, in the early 90s. Um, brilliantly consistent band who've been making records for 25 years. And this record is possibly their most experimental uh 
it is an album of noise, uh, distortion, uh, a mood of kind of doom and darkness, and it is perfect. It is perfect. Every note is perfect. Just, just an astounding record. I'm a huge news. I'm a big, I'm a big low fan anyway. Um, the last album I didn't look. I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. And it is so different from er- anything that they've done. You got to listen to this album on headphones as well. It's one of those records where it's just like I, I, I stuck it on the stereo when I got. I was listening to it on the way home, and I stuck it on the stereo. I was like, this has to be on headphones. This is just absolutely envelops you. And it's and when I say distortion, it's that kind of drum distortion. You know, you get like that. It's not. It's not guitars. That like it's a it's a white. No- it's a crackling, horrible, painful distortion, and it just fills the album. And it just floods, ah, it just floods your senses. It's absolutely incredible. And what's interesting about this record is you can actually see the songs there as well. There's so, there's, there, there is so much production going on in this record. There is so much um, y- you know, noise around it. But you can actually still hear these clear melodies. Not, well, not clear, I would say. You can hear melodies. And you can see the the craft of the songwriting behind it, and I think that is fucking magnificent. Because at heart, sometimes I think when you see maybe a well any kind of band, but a rock band be very experimental, it's very exciting, and you kind of think, what does is there anything? If you strip this back, is there any, not that that matters, but if you stripped it back, would anything be there? And you can kind of see mm-hmm. the crux of the song there. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to, um, Kid I. Mm, no, but that's that's a that's a an interesting. Well, it's an interesting one actually because that I suppose that would be a, a transition of a rock band doing yeah. something very very experimental. Would that be okay? No, no, it'd be kidding because okay, computer was a rock rock album, wasn't yeah, it? Really? It was. yeah. Um, no, to Boniver's last album, which also was a brilliant album, and I think that is one of the best albums of the last ten years. That is a fantastic record, but that is someone fucking with uh, the expectations of what people think they are. Distorting his vocals, using vocoders, uh, you know, messing with the the uh, the structure, of the you know, traditional structure of songs. Obviously, he was very much seen as a you know classic, not cl- well, a singer songwriter type. Certainly yeah. after his first record, and Man he in just the woods kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and he just dismantles that yeah. completely, and it's utterly brilliant, and it works perfectly. And I can kind of see um, why people are making comparisons, but. I just love this band so much. I'm so excited. I'm going to see them at Manchester Cathedral in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be amazing. Um, Have you ever seen a gig at Manchester Cathedral? No, I haven't. I saw The Fall. Oh, wow. At Manchester Cathedral. How was that? It was great. Like, I mean, they're kind of terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. it was like, it was exactly the sort of cavernous room that they needed. See, I'm not excited about... Um, cathedral gigs i must admit i get a little bit nervous about what's going to happen with the sound because uh, it uh, i think and and seeing bands that um certain bands anyway i would say maybe indie rock bands at the cathedral in sheffield for tram lines mm. it's not really worked in certain with in its particular bands i think low well it's going to be interesting what they do with live with this record because I, I don't know how they're going to recreate it it's just a monster record monster as someone who doesn't really know their output at all how are they kind of like post rock kind of bits are kind of post rock yeah you could argue that i mean it's you know their origins are obviously i would say before that before post rock stuff and Mm. um 
they've got a real sort of link back to Pixies, haven't they? The, yeah. the early stuff. Yeah. Really, oh, okay. really translate back. Yeah. Translate back. But I mean, they've, I they've, they've moved away from that. It's yeah, yeah, very much. But I mean, well, it's interesting because I think the album that I, when I, I fell in love with them was Things We Lost in the Fire, which is a brilliant record from 2000. And that is just, it's it. so they're very slow. They're very, these kind of like uh, muted guitars, lots of reverb, mm-hmm. um, br- brilliant, brilliant craft, great songwriting. Um, so there's Alan Sparhawk, I think it's called, is the main guy. And then Mimi, his wife, plays drums and sings. So she sings on some of the songs as well. And she sings a lot on this record as well. She has a huge, huge part of this record. Her vocals are a huge part of it. Um, and yeah, they're just mega. They're, I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. So it's not surprising that I'm gushing about them, really. But this really takes the piss, this record. Out of everyone else, because yeah, it's fucking wow. amazing. I have not listened to much Low before, but I listened to that record a few days ago, mm. and I was just like, I don't know where to orient it. Like, I don't, I yeah. don't quite know how to approach it, because there was like, it definitely felt to me like, um, it was almost like there was some element of wanting to work against the songs in a way, and sort of make a feature of like destroying certain things which I, I which i was like okay man this is crazy i really liked i feel like there's a point halfway through where you're just like is this just gonna turn into just like noise for the rest yeah. of it now yeah but then it kind of comes back from it but like i don't uh, i'm not really familiar with Lowe's other songs so i felt like i was not sure what was being worked with in that way yeah but it's definitely the kind of thing where i was like oh man i need to listen to this a few more times yeah. before i really get the sense of it do you think it works better in the context of their past you know their discography i mean it, it, i think it does for me yeah. yeah definitely i think appreciating where they've come from and what mm. what they are picking yeah. apart and what they are tearing down i mean but i mean they're, they're still an alternative but you know they're still then it's not like they're you know some pop star kind of reinvent themselves they, that, I'm, mm. I'm not saying that's happening but this is just a very different and a lot of people are talking about the context in which this is written it's not an overtly political record but the the, the sonic you know landscape of the record mm. essentially is political because it's about it's a it's a paranoid terrifying yeah. record about the kind of the state of things you know the state yeah. of things in America and I think that's that totally comes across yeah. just in the musicality of it to me I've I, been reading uh, a book from the 80s uh, that won the Pulitzer all about the making of the atom bomb and sort of a whole period in the 40s when they're when they're trying to work out you know if they can how much power they can actually generate and they have a big sort of carbon pile and then they're pushing the plutonium rods in and what you know and th- waiting basically for something to uh, you push you know them in so far and they basically start to go through to um you know complete meltdown and then they whip them out just in time before you know it thinks before before they can uh you know they can they can detonate um and people you know there's a lot of the scientists talking about you know just the noise in the room it's quiet at one minute it's deathly quiet but then you can hear you know, you can hear all uh, all of the different measuring devices they've got on this stuff going absolutely mental, and 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 you kind of generate it, the noise in your own head, even if it's kind of there's no noise whatsoever going on because of the just the pressure and 
they're so focused on what they're doing and they know that it everything has to be measured so precisely and they've got to whip these damn things out the minute that it looks like you know the minute that it looks like they're the sort of the on the on the path to oblivion and that's kind of how the record sounds to yeah me. yeah absolutely mm. that's bang on that I also sounds crazy. like the basis of an incredible concept album oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. i mean it is that because i mean you're right in what you said is that it, it gets to the point where it's so intense and then it just brings this, this is like a be- just a beautiful moment you know yeah, in, in yeah. a song and it's like ah oh, you just brought it back just in time it's wonderful it's yeah. wonderful it's it, what's it's the wonderful. name of the album double negative double negative double negative um get very good reviews um across the board let's read a couple out uh uh, what we say uh, the 405 with double oh no it's gone hang on The Guardian this ranks alongside the likes of Anselm Kiefer and Cormac McCarthy as a document of contemporary social collapse and as such is the most important devastating album of the year Whoa. agreed <laughs> um, oh and this is the, the again what I was saying about Bon Iver not since Bon Iver's aforementioned reinvention or even Radiohead's Kid A have a relatively mainstream band. Mainstream band, I don't know. You got it. Have a relatively mainstream band made such as uh, an assured vault face, willfully pushing their audience away f- while they revisit. I mean, I would I would question that a little because I think the low audience is relative is, is happy to see them go to these places. They will listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas Radiohead, utter travesty, what they did. <laughs> well, you know what? What's interesting? <laughs> the, the Radiohead comparison is interesting because there's little Martha. Yeah. I can't. Um, actually, I this reminded me a little bit of the disorientation, and this this sounds weird because it's known as a classic rock album. But when I was eighteen, uh, OK Computer came out, and um, I absolutely loved it. But it was a little bit, oh my god, what the fuck are these guys doing? Because mm. it was totally, it was different yeah, it was. at the time. Yeah, it yeah. was very different. Yeah, uh, for for a, for a rock band to yeah. to do something like that, um, and it was like th- I I don't know what they're doing. But I fucking love it. It, was, it, it did yeah. bring back those kind of uh, uh, that kind of feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but that is low. That is yeah. low. Double negative. I, I, yeah. Everyone listen to it now because it's amazing. Um, Mario. Got, yeah, I've got an album to recommend as well. Um, I recently started listening. I. The album I would like to recommend is uh, Advanced Bass's new album, which is called Animal Companionship. Um, Advanced Bass is Owen Ashworth, who was um, Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone a long while ago. And I, I kind of found him on Twitter thinking, I wonder what that guy's doing now, because I liked a few of their old records. And um, I thought, I'll just jump into this one. I went like, backtrack, because it's coming out now. Um, and it's an absolute gem of, of an album. It's just like, it's like, a, it's about half an hour. And it's like a lot of very small, very beautiful, sad stories. Um, I think the first time I listened to it, I was very like, oh, man, this is like this is like sad music. And I was like a bit like, oh, I don't know, like I'm waiting for the bit where this song becomes sad. Uh, but then the second listen through, uh, it really clicked with me. The first song is called True Love Death Dream. So, you know, <laughs> you know, that's going to be yeah. a sad one. And it's about... Um, it's about a woman who has named her dog after a teenage sweetheart who died in a car accident, but ah. she never tells anyone. And it's that kind of thing where it's like a great, like, short story in a few verses. Mm. 
and um the texture of all of the songs is just so beautiful because it's made up of like old electric pianos and casio keyboards and stuff and it has this very like like almost not wheezy but like kind of electronic wheeziness of just like um and his vocals are just like the way he delivers everything is like pretty much talking but with that little lilt and his voice is he's got such a beautiful accent mm. it's like a very there's a really good song where he talks about waking up his partner when he it becomes apparent that the house next door is on fire but the way he delivers it is so chill it's like <laughs> man you you relax like i would be <laughs> shitting myself in this situation but he's like and then i woke up my partner and said thing the house no, that's not the lyrics i can't remember <laughs> what lyrics are. but like the tone is he's just like oh, wow, this guy's really literal just like yeah, no. straight down the line but the vocals are beautiful the songs are like beautifully crafted little nuggets of like short stories about people with pets and they're very sad and sweet and funny and i yeah i don't know i he's someone i listened to before quite a lot the album etiquette i really like um but i also think that if i hadn't heard him before i probably would have enjoyed it mm. if that sounds like your thing what's he called uh, oh advanced bass is the band the guy's name is owen ashworth mm. and the album is called animal companionship well it sounds very good yeah, uh good. so is he sorry is he british american oh he's american he's from i think he he might be, i think he's from texas but i'm not sure okay he's got that kind of accent but i also i'm not i'm not like a hundred percent hitter on American accent, so am I might be wrong. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, well, that was delightful. Go out and listen to those records. That's what mm. I say. Um, so, me and James went out into the night the other day, didn't we? The other day, we did. Um, we went to see some live music in Sheffield to see what's going on. We went to see a band called My My, who I put on uh, Jamie the singer from My My in March supporting RM Hubbard which is a really good gig and Jamie was fantastic and I was very excited to see the band in their full form but um it didn't all go to plan did it James that would that would be a good way of of yeah. of, 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 of putting it yeah yeah so we, we 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 were there in spirit weren't we we, we, were, we, there we, we, we were there in person in fact we were, we were there in person <laughs> in, we in were the there location in spirit. <laughs> We were there in every form, but I'm just going to play the tape now. This is us in at uh, the Picture House Social. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to the live section of the Backwater pod- Podcast. Uh, my name's Pete David. I'm here with my good friend, James Pennock. James, we're, we're at the gig, uh, and we completely fucked up, haven't we? We're slightly late. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're late. We're late. We, we turned up at a reasonable hour. What, eight... 8.15, 8.20 thought alright this sounds like the support band's on we'll just get a drink in and I just went over to the guy and said what time are the headliners on what time am I, am I on and he said oh this is them they're about 10 minutes from the end of their set so <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure what they're doing uh, playing at 8 o'clock the, head- the headliners what's going on there a curfew possibly a curfew who knows yeah. Maybe. Could be. We're sat underneath the speaker with some uh, with some yes. with some some hip hop coming out uh, out of the speaker above us. Um, so we're going to try and have a see if we can chat to the band, see if we can find a member of the band just to uh, just ask them how it went. Really, you know. It was all behind closed doors, so it's not even like we have any idea. It's literally quite literally anything could have been going on there. Yeah, we don't we don't know. There could have been any kind of all kinds of 
orgies going on there. We don't know. We just don't know. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get a drink, uh, and then we're going to see if we can uh, n- uh, nab the band. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, speak to you in a bit. Hey, everybody, just checking in again. Uh, we're on our second pint now uh, at Pitch House Social. Um, haven't managed to track down the band yet, so I think they may have left, uh, unfortunately. We tried our hardest. We looked in every nook and cranny around this place, but um, it looks like we've lost them. We'll try again in a bit, but um, we're just going to have a little chat about the venue because we've come down. Uh, Pitch House Social, um, I think uh, over the last kind of year or so, they've started to put on some really interesting gigs, haven't they, uh, James? Who did we go see not too long ago? It was Bully. 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 Bully Bully was good. Um, They've got, obviously, these guys tonight, my, my. They've got, uh, oh, who else they got? They had Protomata. Yeah, they had Sandy, Alex, Sandy G. Oh yeah, we missed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight after end of the road. Okay. Yeah, straight after end of the road. Uh, they've got uh, Flasher. Oh, Flasher, that's they're it. Yeah, Flasher looks good. Time. That could be good. And so uh, I think they're trying to build something. Certainly, I mean, we go. I mean, this is the thing we talk about this a lot in Sheffield. You know, venues come and go, but we go. We end up going a lot up to Brudenell, don't we? In in Leeds, yeah. um, which. Uh, you know, you don't want to say it because it's Leeds, but let's face it, it's a fucking good venue, isn't it? It's a great venue, but here, they, I think what they've worked out here, what's really great, is the price point, right? Yeah. £10, is, yeah. It, for some of the bands that you get here, is just, is, is fantastic, and yeah. there's no travel involved. You go to Leeds, and you're paying 20, 25 quid, 30 quid, for bands, some of the bands probably justified that kind of price. 10 years ago maybe yeah yeah that's it and uh, and you have to go to Leeds as well you do have to go to Leeds that oh, that's a shitty yeah uh, but um, if, if you are from Leeds thank you for tuning in you are welcome um, but uh, no I think if they can build something here I think it could be really interesting I think the Sheffield definitely would uh, would be better off it's, it's live music seems to be better off if they can continue to get really good bands Um We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But uh, you know, we'll we'll keep coming down. We'll keep making these reports, missing gigs, um, seeing what's going on. Um, I've just bumped into a friend who uh, I just chatted to briefly. Uh, it interrupted a date actually, so uh, I made made myself scarce there. Uh, maybe I'll check in later, see how it went. Uh, but yeah, she clear, made it clear that I was not welcome at the table. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But you know, hey, this is the start of uh, many features. Maybe we'll go to another venue, another, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. See what's going on. Maybe. Maybe we'll just go to. Uh, let's, why don't we just go and see some, you know, some random. local random band we've so never anyone, heard of. Anyone. 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 Anyone out there? Any bands out there? Corporation. Corporation or small, you know, some shit pub or <laughs> some covers band. We'll go. We'll go low. We will go really low. Um, we will do that. But um, you know, for the time being, we're going to check out. Uh, thanks for listening. Back to the studio. Uh, they are a good band there. Do check them out. They've got a new record out. The new record was out last Friday, and it's very good. I don't, well, I'll give it a quick listen. It was all right. Um, so on to our last feature, uh, which is Dead But Not Forgotten, and we're going to talk about an album that... An old album that we've been listening to. And I have been listening to... Well, this is kind of... This is a, basically a CD in my car. Refresh the CDs in the car. Um, the other day, no, no, before the festival. So this was a festival CD on the way down to the fe- to end of the road. Um, Warren Zevon, Excitable Boy, which was his second record. You guys familiar with Warren Zevon? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So this is a a kind of like um, it's, it's a particular mold of songwriter, I suppose, in the seventies. It's kind of a bit a bit Bruce Springsteen-y, quite illiterate, um, uh, a, a bit Steely Dan in in places, um, but maybe not quite as complex as Steely Dan. A bit bit more basic, but very good kind of piano based songwriter. And it's got the big song, probably is Werewolves of London, and the tune Excitable. The Headless Something Gunner. That's the one. one, whatever that one's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thompson the Headless oh, um, Shotgun Gunner. I uh, got that wrong, but it's something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the one you mean. Um, uh, what's the one? L- uh, lawyers, Guns and Money, is it? I don't know. I don't Possibly. know him that well. Anyway, it it's a cracking record, and it's he's one of those artists. Though I kind of discovered a bit more about him because I got into him in the kind of early noughties, just before he died. Because essentially, when he died, what when he when he got cancer, he was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking milk this shit, and he he never really had that much success. So he had Werewolves of London, this album, and then he just basically petered out from there. And everyone respected him. So Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, all these people. They all thought it was a great songwriter, but he never sold any records, really, apart from in the, maybe in the early days. And then when he, he got cancer, he knew he was going to die. And part of this album, and then just, just like, fuck, I'm go- just going to try and get as much press from this as I can, because I'm dying, and this is going to be my bit. And he had probably more success then than he did did at any other time. Um, and they were good, those, those couple of albums he did then. But obviously that made me revisit his past and whatnot, and he's a very good songwriter but he is the more I delved into him uh, he's one of those artists one of those troubled artists where you kind of start to you know, find out more about his character he was a bit of a bastard basically he was married he used to um, physically abuse his wife um, and he had a huge problem with alcohol and uh, he had, basically when he I think I don't know if the auto, his autobiography was written maybe not long before he died, but he asked his then ex-wife to write it because she knew that he knew that she would tell like the honest truth. You know what I mean? That, that he, he would tell what's and all, and basically he told she told the story of him what's and all because she she had a unfortunately a, a, a front row seat to it all. Um, but yeah, so he's one of those artists where you're like the more you find out, the more you'd kind of hate him and dislike him um but a kind of complex character but again a great songwriter and i i I think i love that tension with these public figures where you're like i i mean hey i'll admit it i i fucking love kanye west i love his music i think he's fucking i think he's an absolute genius but i mean it's hard it's hard to it's hard to separate you know it's 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 a very difficult thing and we talk about this all the time but it's it's a tricky one but anyway, so my dead but not forgotten is Warren Zavon, Excitable Boy, Sound of the Summer. Uh, do they have to be dead? No, they don't literally have to be dead. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. What we, we got? Just specifically referred to him being dead quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he is very dead. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Elvis Costello recently. Oh. Um, was that an oh of like, oh, he's good, isn't he? Or oh, I'm not sure about him. It's an oh of. That man is a fucking genius. He clearly is. But I don't think I've ever connected with his music. Huh. I mean, other than like some of the 
big songs, which is kind of bad. But like, yeah, like Oliver's Army. I've loved, I love mm. that song. Um, but I've been li- listening to this year's model. I think it's called. Yeah, great record. Seventy nine, maybe seventy eight. Sounds about right. Um, which has Oliver's Army on it. Um, and he seems very angry. <laughs> I love the time and very, very like a very energetic. I think I admire him more for like his range of tastes, his workaholic attitude. But there's something about him like I just I just stumble on his. Uh, so this isn't a recommendation by by what I'm saying at the minute, but um, there's this guy on Twitter called Connor Ratliff, who is uh like an improviser and comedian in New York. He's also like a self-styled Elvis Costello expert. And he's been doing a mega thread on Elvis Costello uh, in the lead up to his next LP, which is out in a, f- not long, like a couple of weeks or something. It's called Look Now, I think. And he's been doing this mega thread for 40 days. <laughs> and it's what? like literally. How many long then? Is uh, it? I couldn't even tell you yeah, right, okay. but like he just he goes through every day like a different album from his 40 45 year long career yeah and it's been actually really incredibly instructive and it's really nice i mean this is what podcasts like these are about but it's really yeah. nice to hear someone knowledgeably enthusiastically talk about a person that they believe is really great and it was a good way of me learning about him um and actually a song that really connected with me that uh, wasn't from those 70s years. It was, I think it's from 2004. And it was called The Scarlet Tide, I think. And it were, and I just saw, it was just a short two-minute song. And it was him playing it alone with a ukulele on a US chat show. I'm not really sure what the lyrics were about. But the melody was just amazing. Mm. And um, it kind of really moved me in some way. And it, I actually showed Mario it last mm. night, and I was like, I actually only watched this once, Mario, because I watched it, and I was like, oh, I don't want to break the spell by getting into yeah. this. I want to like wait and like. Uh, so th- that was called the Scarlet Tide. I think mm. he brought it out in about two thousand four. It was on the Delivery Man album. Mm. So I guess that's that blast for the past is just this one song that I heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I love. I love Elvis Cassell. This year's model, Armed Forces, My Name is True, all brilliant albums. Get Happy is really great. Um, all that kind of early 80s, late 70s stuff. It's mm. just, he's a pure songwriter. That man is the songwriter's songwriter. He, he's just, yeah, yeah. The craft is un- unbelievable. Well, from this mega thread, uh, the guy's called Connor Ratliff, if you want to watch this, yeah. <laughs> look at this mega thread. Um, the, I learned, like, he's much more, He's he, he does a lot of things that I think me and Mario are really into, like, oh, we'll just sneak in this um, TV show theme tune just at the end of this song, or like, mm. I'll make this little reference to a Beatles song or whatever. And Elvis Costello does loads of that, apparently. Mm. And I was, I'd was i never been aware of that, and I quite like that. I quite like that the revered songwriters are copying from their inspirations as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, mm. it's a nice thing to find out. Yeah. But he's, clearly, he's clearly very, 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 very good at, at what he does. Yeah, I no, he's one of the greats, I think. He really is. I think he's up there. Um, James, what we got? Old album? Old, oldish? 20, 20 years? Does that make it old? Yeah, why not? Yeah, so the the one that I've been listening to a bit, and it 
the, there's various links with death. Is it, a a friend of mine called um, Mike Watt, who's a bass guitarist. Um, an album he released, his first solo album in '95, called Bullhog or Tugboat. And um, why is it related to death? Um, Mike's marriage to the bass guitarist from Black Flag just broke had just broken up. Mike had never still hasn't really got over the death of his friend D Boone um, from his first band Minutemen. And I guess the Seattle music scene had just been shattered by the death of Kurt Cobain. Um, and Mike wrote a bunch of music and appealed to, I guess, the sort of generation from the Seattle music scene who, for whom, you know, he was basically, they idolised him. Um, so... He had um, in the band. If you actually read the band, the, the list of people who play on the record is about forty people who play on the record. Um, but when the, the the band that he toured with, um, he had Dave Grohl on drums, he had Pat Smear um, on guitar, he had Eddie Vedder on guitar, Evan Dando's on the album, Flea's on the album. It's just a who's who mm. of you know a bunch of people kind of paying. Um, tribute to him, but also it's it's kind of it's like a project that was there to help a whole bunch of people from the Seattle Seattle music scene through you know significant change in in that whole scene because you know Death Kirk Bain mm. pretty much destroyed it you know it, the, 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 the 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 label stopped coming to sign new music acts people who've been part of that scene it just started to fold and he just creates this fantastic album and the album itself is again very much of its time in the sense that it you know it's it, it's really political um there's a great song on there called called against the 70s all around warning kids um around sort of their parents nostalgia for a time you know influencing the politicians of that time and and that it's just pure nostalgia you know don't 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 kind of buy into it um it's great songwriting uh, yeah it's uh and it is it's kind of a it it, it comes together all around death, you know, as I said, you know, Mike's dealing with, with things, the music scene in Seattle's dealing with mm. things, and they create this just amazing album, and you, you've supported him, he's, mm, he, yeah. he's, a, he, he's amazing, again, he's, he's a, a prolific guy, but it's a really underappreciated album, it's not that well known, um, and uh, yeah, I've been listening to it a lot, again, listening to bands like Idols, mm. Um, and others, uh, Mike's very, very good at picking up on 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 political themes. So does that? So you, that interesting that an album with that many people does actually hang together as well. And it does. You know, you kind it of works. sometimes that fantastic. Whole, yeah. You know, not not that it was necessarily a super group, but yeah. that that kind of thing of getting lots of it, it big just, egos together can. Yeah, it works really well, and I guess just, maybe it's because it's not. Maybe it's because you've got one consistent voice yeah. writing it. Yeah, yeah, and he's just bringing people in to, to play. He brings yeah. them in, lets them do their own thing, but yeah. there's there's that consistency to he's it. Steering it's, it. It is a super. It's a it's an incredible album. What's it called? Uh, Bullhog or Tugboat. You nice. can kind of blame him for the success of Foo Fighters because the backstory to it is that Dave Grohl went to him and said, "I've got a new a new band, uh -huh. t t and I've recorded the album myself, but I've got a new band. I want to get them off the ground." And Mike said, "Well, you you play in my band. You can that you can open." Every night that we play, <laughs> and that, so yeah, he's kind of to blame for for the, for the second version of Journey that we now have. <laughs> that's harsh. Uh. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you very much.
Well, I think we're going to bring it to a close, but thank you oh, so much. I've got an album to... Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, my God. Mario, how could I forget you? I don't know. I've just been sat in the corner. You have, haven't um, you? Give us an album, Mario. My album that I want to Blast from the past. It's 1997. That is the past enough, isn't it? That's like... Yeah, that's That like feels like past. fairly recent to me. 21 years? Yeah. 21 years. Oh, man. When I turned 18. Well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, the album I, that I I feel like I listen to pretty much all the time is like a, a baseline of like my circulation is the Gorky's Psychotic Monkey album Barafundal. Wow. You know that album? Gorky's. It's what is like, that got? Um, is that got? Is that got Patio song? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I discovered it like last summer. Someone recommended it to me like last summer, and it was like the most perfect um, coincidence of like time and place and record because like so how old was he when he when, when he put that because i think he was oh, pretty man, I young know. i think i think he was, I think he was like i think he was like 18 or something yeah because he's he was still very, going he's, now and he doesn't yeah. seem old and that's no. a dumb thing to say <laughs> but like he seems very like um no but i think he was like a late late teenager like 17 18 yeah. or something when that album came out so yeah like, probably late 30s or something. uh I think maybe the detail that Barrafundal was a beach in Wales was something that made me like, oh man, mm. named us name an album after a beach in Wales. That's that's brilliant. That is like, is it going to be about a seaside town? And I guess there's those first like five or six songs which are like <laughs> balls to the wall pop songs. <laughs> but you know, like they they're like there's um that song Diamond Dew, which has a line about being like a house by the sea. I think like I first listened to it in my grandma's house above the restaurant like overlooking the sea and i was like yeah. oh man this is so perfect and like <laughs> something completely chimed with the atmosphere of like summertime seaside town and those first five songs which made me like obsessively listen to it on repeat like mm. walking around weymouth in the in the summer and listening to the album i just love how like there is there's something just so completely joyful about so much of it that's so like the lyrics are so kind of simple and direct in that way or like yeah. they are and they aren't I, I guess that that's the thing of being like lyrical like of um saying a lot without really saying very much um and how direct it is like mm. and uh eros child's voice is just so good and so like mm. yeah i don't know it just really hit me at the time and i've just never really stopped listening to it because it's such a it really reminds me of um, people like Robert Wyatt and uh, Kevin Ayers, who I used to listen to a lot as a pretentious teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I he has so he much. has that voice that is, and I, I don't want to use this word because it's a cheesy word, but enchanting is actually the right yeah. word because I hate I kind of hate that word, but like I remember first hearing that on the radio that that song patio song, and it's like, wow, that's like I just want to get close to it, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. something warm and like pure and really innocent warming. and naive it's a really and beautiful yeah there's definite innocence to it and the whole yeah. thing of like yeah just the i love the bit how uh in that song it has that naive the, the you know the main structure of the song yeah. is like a beautiful but then that release at the end when he switches into welsh oh it's great and it's it's almost like this is who i truly am kind mm. of thing mm. and it has that and it's all in welsh like, i don't yeah. know what he's i don't know what he's saying and it doesn't <laughs> ma- it doesn't matter to me but like yeah no, it's yeah, fe- it feels great mm. um 
and I think one of the things which just cemented it as one of my favourite albums ever is the song The Lizard and the Wizard where it, there's like just that great thing of people doing goofy lizard and wizard voices uh, <laughs> next to the main vocal and I was just yeah it just feels so warming and so like a nursery rhyme or a fairy tale mm. or something and his delivery is so perfect and so like gets you into the exact space of mm. how you how the, I don't know it's I think th- I think there was a moment as well with like those kind of kooky pop stuff you think remember yeah, Lush yeah, yeah, yeah. actually the first Cardigans album was that as well that's actually what they were going for and uh, there was a beautiful moment of that. I don't, I don't know if it, there's a t- tradition of that now happening, but like Gorky's were, were, I think, were within that as well. Like there was, a, there was some good, interesting stuff around that. So yeah, that's a fantastic shout, Gorky's. Love them. Are we Love gonna them. have a, like a, a spreadsheet or a document we can share all of these uh, wonderful that recommendations? That is a great idea. Yeah. A great idea. Or a Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> or a web. Yes. Or a website. <laughs> a micro <laughs> a micro blogging website. Maybe perhaps. they can be recorded in some kind of audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again now. <laughs> or you can rewind. Uh, before we go, that. are we able to yeah. open live on camera? So live on camera. Live on microphone. Uh, some uh, fortune cookies. Yes, please do. Uh, do we've it. only got three. There's four of us here. So um, we can share one. We can share one. Okay, as let's a, open it. As a band fortune. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is a great okay. idea. Okay. All right. Um, we've got a blue one, a green one, and a red one. Can I have red? You're gonna say blue then. Yeah. I wonder Ooh. why. Okay. Okay. I wonder why. I wonder why the plot thickens. <laughs> Wait, we're leaving our fortune in their hands by getting them to pick their you ones. Gotta tr- you gotta go with it. You gotta, you gotta go with it. Haven't you? What would you, you like, go. James? What would you like? You got <laughs> blue, or you got green? Now, blue was the the hot ticket, obviously, for some yeah. reason. Was on on the tip of his lips. Red. Red. I'm gonna go for Philadelphia Eagles green, please. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Keep it Philly. So we got blue. Blue, the one we always wanted, right, Mario? Suckers. All right, let's do this. Let's get some audio poison like unwrapping loudly. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, like a, like a wishbone. Let's get the audio back. Oh, that's good. That is coming out great. Bit of ASMR. I've never listened to ASMR, but numerous podcasts make jokes about it, and I think it's this. Do you want to read it or show it? Oh, wow. I will finish my biscuit probably a bit quicker than you because I ate it quickly. All right. Who's going first? Um, I'll go first. Good things will come to you in due course of time. That's great. That's an auspicious one. Yeah. A gathering of friends will bring you lots of luck this evening. Oh, this is oh. perfect. We have a winner. <laughs> hey, I think. <laughs> um, and ours says... Ours says Richard Ashcroft <laughs> had a fortune cookie in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You will be fortunate in the opportunities presented to you. Oh. Like gear opportunities. <laughs> Give us gigs. Give us gigs, yeah. Give us gigs. Beautiful. That was a great moment. Thank you so Lovely. much for bringing the fortune No cookies. worries. I'm it's very okay. excited Thank about the good things will, that will come to me in due course of time. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Chris. Um, check out 
Soup Review, you've got a Twitter account at Soup Review. Yeah, I think Superview. it's at Soup Review Band. At Soup Review Band. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Soup Review. Maybe Soup Review Band. I can't remember. Some of them we had to change the, to so Soup Review or Soup Review Band. I can't remember which I've one. I've got the internet here. Hang on. Should we just oh, find that's out? That's really good. Yeah. And you've got, obviously, you've got the podcasts up on SoundCloud. Uh, and yeah, the oh, yeah. old podcast that we've re edited and put up again from uh, when we recorded, uh, well, when we wrote Flying Ant Day. Uh, which you can listen to. It's a fun hour. Yeah. Also, fun hour um, of two friends pissing about. Yeah. Love it. Also, we've got a good playlist of like um, a lot of stuff that we both recorded. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh, both of us. Some of it was us together as well. Of like uh, our kind of like archive. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of weird, funny stuff in there that you might enjoy. Yeah, if you want an entryway into the kind of stuff that we do with that. There's a Delamere D'Agostino archive playlist <laughs> on our SoundCloud. And there's also the 50 songs about pizza mm. album, which you can find, which is us and uh, Sam Bradley. That playlist has kind of daringly got a nearly 10 minute long acapella song about a defunct ferry route that I wrote on it. And if that sounds like not your thing, you just skip that one. Not like, only about a defunct <laughs> ferry route, off. about a souvenir pen from a defunct yeah. ferry route. But I feel like it was bold putting that. It's very at the bold. Beginning. Very bold. Yeah. <laughs> you could just okay. put it out there. You got to put it out into the world. I think you I put that on as the second song. In yeah, the no, that's what I, mean. well. I was like, like, if you're not into this, you're not. You're okay, not here I guess for it. it's a good litmus test. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, check check us out at Super Review Band is the Twitter account. It has yeah. all the relevant links, I presume, on there. I guess so. <laughs> doesn't yeah. look actually doesn't look like it. You need to get a link on we'll there. Where do, we get li- where, do you, where do we put the link? There's a, there's like a link. Edit line. bio. Yeah, edit bio. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a web <laughs> link thing you can put up for oh, your website. We don't have a website. It changes. No, but your SoundCloud or whatever. Time. We could put it in there. Yes, you can put it in your your. your uh, All right. When we finish recording, we're oh, gonna have to get, you need to get on this. On we're gonna have a little lesson. We're both really chill. We'll we'll chat with you. All right, yeah. you need to get a PR guy or something, don't you? You guys, well, yeah, we do. You do. All right, no, it's been beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Uh, Richard Ashcroft over there. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare presume. Uh, James Bennett, it's a joy. I love spending time with you, and um, we're going to go see the Eagles in a couple of weeks, aren't we? We are going to go see the Eagles in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. the band. Yeah. I thought I, I literally thought that's Eagles. what you meant. Then. I was thinking, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we are not going to see the Eagles. We're going to see the Philadelphia. We're going to go see the Philadelphia the Jacksonville. Oh, that's right, Jaguars. Indeed. I did really love that at the beginning of the podcast, uh, where me and Mario are looking at each other. It's like, oh, is there another podcast in in, in another room? Have we come to the wrong one? There's an awful lot of NFLs chat going. I on I was going to ask you some questions about you know whether you think Blake Balls is capable of a consistent season but um, I thought I mean oh, probably yeah, yeah. Pro- ridiculous he's a professional no, no, sportsman he's not. why isn't <laughs> yeah. he no, he's that's not. the question we should be asking <laughs> well, why isn't yeah, he why, why are you casting aspersions on Blake Ball Blake Ball Blake Ball Blake Portals Blake Portals 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 Blake Portals name has been never in a mention I guess you are glad that it wasn't a sports podcast and you had invited us on it because it would have been I can can imagine some hot takes Uh, but anyway that's enough from us thank you so much for listening Uh, check out everything that's going on goodbye thank you all (laughs)